0: Everybody, welcome to our second episode of the Success Series. I'm here today with our guest, Jamie True, alongside our co-host, Michael Kanowski. Uh, hey. Jamie's a serial entrepreneur based in the UK. He has led a wide variety of successful businesses from start to finish. He's also invested in private companies himself. And uh, we're excited to have him on here today. He has a wide array of wisdom to share with us, uh, going from his spiritual journey to his professional journey. And uh, Jamie, the floor is yours. We'd love to kick it off. Nice to meet you
1: um everyone michael and David obviously we know each other pretty well well I never feel like I'm that successful right so I think that's the first thing I would always say. more right <laughs> there's always more there was, I was in a restaurant once it was a hamburger place and it said you're only as good as your last burger right <laughs> that's good <laughs> so um so and I always generally honestly feel like I haven't like quite hit my my top gear yet so which which is a good thing um, so there's some kind of Hunger burning there to just keep doing better the next time. And, you know, w- what's been interesting just in my career is um, I would say being able to invent things become really great businesses that can flourish. So um, I-, I think for me, the big exciting part of a business, which is a starting part, is actually can you create something which is a value prop, which is any good? Because it's so easy to think, oh, I've got an idea. But when you really put that to the road test, it doesn't stand. And yeah. I think that. People don't put enough time and effort in that area. So, like my biggest sharing point, I would say, is like great to come up with ideas. Um, have you been able to play ping pong with the idea? Does yeah. this happen? Does happens? that happens. And I think that just creates, um, I think, an expansion of maybe have what have I invented something which is enough. When you take that and you map it against the actual financials of how that may look like. It then, it then opens up a whole never tier, but actually, yeah, I have found something I like, but it actually doesn't make financial sense. So now I need to then right. change. So I think that's like, I call that the value prop stage where you don't, you, you can't be emotional and hang on to anything. Um, I just like to bring that into Kabbalistic terms. Um, like everyone, I was, I, I think it was your mom who said, like, what's the strongest tree? And everyone would say like an oak tree. And actually it's a palm tree, right? right? Cause it can withstand Depend. very strong right (laughs) I I, I would say yeah that that's like the biggest thing I would say like you come you start a business you know everyone's come out of Stanford or Harvard and they're very smart and they've got great ideas and that's great and what makes you so different I'd say a competitive point of view I think being able to bend the most and not hold on to an idea like oh that's how it has to be so just be able to just flow is a huge yeah that that's uh that's a key
0: thing. Absolutely. And a, a large variety of our listeners are in their late to early teens as well as mid 20s. So for them, you know, they're often questioning should I pursue this business? They have limited experience, unlike yourself. So when first getting started, what process can you go through to see if your idea is any good? Or if you should just scratch it completely.
1: Yeah, I think um you have to kiss a lot of frogs. So I think you should start thinking. I think mean, mean Winston Churchill said, like, there's no such thing as failure. There's just feedback, right? So I think you just need to think But I'm inventing things. I'm in that space. And probably 90% of things I'm coming up with will end up with a dead end, but there'll be something from it. It's more about taking something from it that can be used when at the right time with something else. Everything's very timely and it comes together. So, like... There needs to be a lot of patience, like, because you can want to go in a direction, but then not have the perfect value prop. But then you could go in a into a value prop, which isn't in the right direction. So I think the key thing is um when I say direction, it's like direction of the zeitgeist of what, what you want to do, right? So I feel like the best things for me is when I've just gone in get there but loads of that thing it doesn't work out and i take loads from it because then i know wow. when i'm evaluating something else oh that's the dead end if you do it that way and if you do consumer that happens and this happens with engagement it's a really non-emotional and good way to evaluate and when it all when is the right time to say okay i should do it mm. when you're certain it, it can't be somewhere else because to be honest every, I, my first business i took it to my dad and he said like this isn't gonna work was that painful no, it made me, made it made me, it made me <laughs> you know, made me work 10 times harder to like prove him wrong. And yeah. I, I, I did actually. Um, <laughs> and he loved it. He, he loved it. He didn't mean that in a bad way. He, he, yeah. he didn't understand like online. He was old school. It wasn't his, his dig. But, um, I guess you know when you've got something good because right. when you talk about it, everyone goes, Oh, yeah there's a moment where someone's like, there is a gap. There is a moment. It's not just, mm, okay. It's like, yeah, that sounds really strong. And you, and feel, you feel it, right? Completely, completely. Yeah. And so
0: going off that, I I think um, oftentimes you, you're always uber confident in your idea, regardless of whether it's good, especially at an early age. So th- I, there's a constant dilemma. Some entrepreneurs say you have to chase your passion. Others say that it's more important just to find a business that'll make money from the get-go.
1: Do you, do you believe there's an overlap? Is there one better than the other? Or- um, I like to, I like that you should make money and I like that you should be like, do something you're passionate about. So I think they're both good. I do also like the idea that you do something which is going to work because it's that you can quickly become not passionate. You can I guess if you get into a business that you're passionate about and it passionately doesn't work, you can yeah. get this passionate about what you're doing because right. it will make you feel bad all the time. So I guess the key thing is, is it right? Who's going to benefit from it? Does that work for me? And by the way, it's never exactly how you want it to go, like any direction. So, like, why do we need to hold on to I'm doing it in that way? That's the palm tree thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you if you there you know, it has to be that way, um, that may be a way that doesn't drive any kind of commercial opportunity. So do so you need to ask yourself, do you want to do a business to be a charity or to be commercial or to be just, you may know, mum and pop? But it all depends on the type of business because I guess you can do something where – it just provides a lifestyle and it works if that's right and that's good but then you can do something which is maybe fit for maybe investment or vc or funding or sale or you can just do something for a passion project so like i think all are valid just me i i love the idea of like it takes something grow it super fast but becomes super valuable and people want to invest in things one has to put the right magnifying glass on what of your own life of what why you're doing it, right? Yeah. So if it is for passion, great. If it is just for lifestyle, great. If it is to grow something where you can, you know, raise money and like take on investors and stuff, you have a different cadence and right. yeah, you know, it's just a different way of life. Were you always a creator? Yes, I think I've always come up with the idea, but it could be off the idea that someone gives you and you just make it better to be fit mm. for. Power. So, a, so then I wasn't really the creator, or was I? I don't know. Um, could be um and the other thing is which is interesting is like the, all the value is there i just i can't say it enough people don't if you get that right you don't have to refactor go back change your sales or change your product all the value is getting that right so why not spend extra time there Cause if you get that right sales becomes easier mm-hmm. product fit becomes easier people want to get out of that quickly because they want to get on start starts right and they, want results. they want everything quick so Yeah. And yeah, yeah, let's move. Let's do it. It's fast. You know, I'll fail fast, you know, all that kind of great. Yeah, I like that, too. But not on that part, because that's strategy. That's like, where do I fit? How do I? How am I going to fit for years? What's and then what happens when someone changes their model to adapt against me? How do I counteract that? So if you want to play this ping pong game? Yeah. Do it up front without losing money because you, you, you can play it out. It's, it's actually right quite fun to play it out. People don't like it because it pours water on the fire a bit for them, possibly. They want the honeymoon phase. They want the high. They want the rush quickly, <laughs> completely. <clears throat> Honestly, I've had many times where I thought I had a great idea, more than the ones I've started where yeah. I've had to pour water on it and say it's on hold. Really? And they, were, and they felt initially more exciting than your current?
0: That's interesting. Many times. Yeah. It happens all the time. Do you have a, a vetting process of individuals you you seek when you're like I I love this idea you vetted it out internally Are there people you go to beyond that or is it complete trust in yourself I know you have a partner but it,
1: beyond that, a good question. So depending on what you're doing it for, so if it's for the VC, so I can like, I can talk to that rather than the lifestyle or yeah, you know, just for personal you know enjoyment. Sure. Um, I definitely think when you've got like an exact summary, like asking a few people who you know know what they're doing asking is, is a good thing i mean a hundred percent and the truth is they'll logically give you some really good ideas but the reason they're a VC they're not an entrepreneur so like the an entrepreneur is going to say well look i've got a shot but it's a it's like trying to blow up the death star and your luke skywalker and your little vehicle right it's not the situation it's not an obvious one so i i would say that you're going to need you're going to need to take advice because it helps value you help the value prop oh do this do that brilliant like take all of that but I take it as how to help build my own moat. But the truth is any kind of business you start, even if you value propped it really well, there's a next phase of what you need, which right. you can have. you have on. And that's not taking good odds. For our listeners who maybe haven't studied Kabbalah before, what would you tell them has been different in your life before and after Kabbalah? So uh, from a business perspective, to understand the people that you're working with, where is their motivation from? Is it from, I think what Kabbalah does really well, is it, let, it lets you understand the soul and the ego and the difference between them both. And what's the motivation of people around me, my motivations. So it enables you to almost have a perspective of where is this coming from? I'd say 100% getting you into the the, the sharing, giving before receiving, the less reactivity, being able to deal with the reactivity, being able to deal with people, be able to share with you in a in a, in a hugely different way and I'll say positive way because anything where you can have restriction and um, understanding more empathy toward a situation still be massively action orientated but being able to have that perspective is uh, not taking things personally mm. if I would take things personally much more about what would you say taking things personally comes from the ego? and not the soul maybe but it, it could be but i also think that for me it was more of the, the the not having the ability to believe that everything is a gift so the fact that everything comes from a place that it actually was meant to be gave me an opportunity to think wow that's great i can pivot because it's meant to be this way and mm-hmm. feel positive about it, rather than like that shit just happened and it annoyed me and now I'm taking it personally and why did that happen to me so I think there's a state of consciousness of are you a victim or are you proactive right and I think this is a very topical time right now of that because if anybody wants to um, feel in victim, it doesn't normally have a happy ending typically so I think it's much better for longevity and growth to always being not why has this happened to me it's more as this has happened to me because and
0: i think that's very prevalent in our generation right there's the whole mentality i deserve to have because i'm so smart and i'm so great and I, i'm sure you you probably haven't hired too many millennials and generation z probably from that but oh, truly they all are they all are <laughs> oh, they all are. <laughs> saying, yeah. maybe, are you <laughs> you're picking a gold <laughs> from a from a pocket of pennies right i mean how are you how are you do you believe that the entire generation is hungry, motivated? Because I from my perspective, I've seen both sides of it for sure. I fall into that category. I don't think I'm like the rest, but majority of my generation seems to have won everything without really putting any effort into receiving it. So what is your take on that? I just
1: have to select well. That's why I'd want to work with you, David.
0: <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> off camera, we'll talk about
1: that. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I guess you can tell very quickly where. Um, I think it's a mentality and a consciousness. I think it's, it's, it was there before just people didn't talk about it so much. And I just think that it's, um, maybe there's a lot more entitlement, but I think the danger part is like victim and then people around that person's victim fueling it saying, yeah, we're part of this community of victims now. So let's just keep going. So I think the bigger risk is like not the individual victim, but like when it comes collective as well, but it right. comes like bad culture. Right. So you don't want that i guess i mean i personally yeah. stay out of there. It. it's like if and and in management style it's like this is the proactive we're doing that we're going there going forward i try not to allow it like why why think that way Let's just right this is the system that
0: we're flowing in you can join with it or there's not a place for you just essentially yeah. 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 and the, it's
1: blind. so if you, people tend to if you're in a business and you're working with people if you tend to stay that way people who are just Don't like that just tend to leave themselves you don't have to people just tend to to move interestingly i found but like people who i've worked with in the past who haven't been proactive and being reactive just by keeping going those people just go in to find other jobs somehow it just they just fall off, fall off
0: absolutely and so we we spoke about the past you're obviously very successful now with with all humility added to it for a younger audience who doesn't know if they want to be an entrepreneur, doesn't know if they want to work for somebody else, what are just some practical tips that they can do, whether it's books, podcasts? I know your platform actually probably could be helpful to them now, but maybe you want to touch on that
1: too. But what what are some tools? Yeah, all those things could be helpful. And those those, but that doesn't give you an edge, I guess, over someone else exactly. who's doing all the same podcasts and stuff as possible. When I was growing up, I did all the Anthony Robbins stuff. I think the best one, I'm going to be quite biased here, is Kabbalah One. Really? Like, yes. Because I guess it sets your mindset into that way where actually then you can really um, grow. Because I did the whole Anthony Robbins thing and stuff. And as soon as I went to Kabbalah, I was like, "Wow, no, this is another level um, where it's not just on the surface. And it really resonated with me. So I'd say that's by far got the best content. How did you study Kabbalah? How did you initially, what was your entry to it? Okay, so uh, I moved into an apartment with my girlfriend at the time. Who was my ex-wife now. Um and, and we wanted to put a mezuzah on the door, which I don't know if one's listening knows what that is. Um it's you wanna share? Yeah. It's for luck for the house, for to protect the home. And I was not religious and not in touch with anybody, so I asked someone for a few phone numbers to um call. So I called one, it was a rabbi actually I called and he was really rude. So I'm like I'm not I'm not interested in this country. and then my ex wife at the time called a call a guy. But she missed the aisle, and a guy called Marcus picked up the phone, and, and that was it. So he turned up to do this, and he ended up being a Kabbalah teacher. Wow. And what was really interesting is when he turned up, he said, hey, I, he did it, and I saw a guy in a hat, I'm like, you don't look like a rabbi. Right. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I am, kind of. And then he he basically said he did he know me from a different life or a previous life, which confused me because I'm like, this is too spiritual for me. And then right. – <laughs> And what he meant is he, from a previous school, and we actually went to the same school. So he said, the fact that you missed me, the fact that we went to the same school together, and the fact that I'm here right now doing this means you should probably study Kabbalah. So I'm wow. like, okay, I'll do that. And were you, were you privy to any spiritual wisdoms prior to that encounter? Or was that the first time you ever were exposed to anything of that sort? Uh, I would say I was hungry for wisdom at the time. I was reading books on codependency and love addiction and avoidance addiction and Tony Robbins. And I went to Fiji and I was going crazy about li- I was having like um at that time, like meeting girls who were either really too crazy for me, but sure. I really liked them, or I was really bored and then I didn't like them and I was like trying to figure out why is this happening. Right. And also like work wise, I was trying to figure out like, you know, some kind of like consistency of where I wanted to be. So it was a inquisitive time just before and I, I was looking for it, definitely. So what are some key challenges you faced professionally? And maybe
0: personally as well, but that you could share with our audience and, and how you overcame them? I would say the
1: pivoting, which is daily, you you can't have a soft stomach for that. So I would say a lot of people, when they get into their, their work, have to just feel that they're in a turnaround from the very beginning. The minute you're not thinking you're in a turnaround, you're probably in trouble because things just tend to move massively how you sell has to be in a turnaround so it has to be different every time you can't just do the same thing all the time it just mm-hmm. doesn't work right you have to adapt and so if everything is going that way the whole value has to everything has to adapt so that and i feel a lot of people just want to get there and it's done but the truth is it is never done you're always six months away from the app to be perfect six months away from the sales to be per everything's always work in progress mm-hmm. And I feel like the biggest challenge, I guess, about anyone starting a business going into it is just trying to understand that that is the normal. That is it, there's nothing better than that. People seem to think it's going to get better, it's going to normalize, it's going to be great, it's going to be perfect. There's no it such. Does. No, yeah. So it's like getting into the, the the hardest learning, I would say, is someone to understand that being in the trenches is as good as it gets, and actually enjoy it. It's actually really good because it's a creative time. Um, It's a time to keep moving, and can you be in the mindset of That uncertainty all the time is fantastic because it creates a much better opportunity so i would say i've had that a lot um and it's tested me where um for example one of my businesses i was i moved to la at the time and it 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 went to the point of insolvent so like losing money and it got to a point biggest customer failed it's and and the guy called me up and said the accountant said it's over we're causing it down right I'm like, yep. what are you talking about? We'll just go raise money. He's like, you can't do that. And then we can. Crazily, he left. We did raise money. Six months later, we sold it for $50 million. Wow. But if I'd have listened and got scared in that moment, sure. it would have been, that's a massive, massive learning. How did you have the faith or, or certainty or confidence, whatever you want to call it, to uh, to do that? I think the pain of closing it down was just too much. And the fact that I couldn't figure it out So it wasn't the intransigence of not closing down. It was like, we weren't quite there yet. We just had the movement to get it there. So I just felt like maybe we could make this good. And not everything was all bad. Although it wasn't looking that good. The fundamentals were not ideal. It wasn't obvious. you know, But we did. We had a plan and we did turn it around. And we got it into a really good place. It was being able to feel that we could pivot and do it. If that wasn't there, maybe it's good to put the thing down. I haven't had that yet. Really? Yeah, yeah maybe maybe it's an early warning system because when it starts going off early do it move immediately and if you're constantly in the move you, you don't feel like you're stuck and so that's that's a huge lesson because i think that's opposite of
0: what many of us have heard growing up and from from different different business leaders right as soon as things don't look greater if the process is taking too long scratch the idea and start over but it sounds like all your successes have essentially come from that ability to move on and Progress and changes as things as things adapt,
1: right? It, it, it's true too what they're saying, but it scratched the idea. It doesn't mean scratch the business. Mm. You can keep people and scratch the idea and pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot till you find the right one. So I guess the key thing isn't just like oh it's over, burn the books, I'm I'm out. I think right. it's like raise this million. I'm going to make every single cent work until it works. Got so it. I think it's true too. I think maybe they're meaning that as well because yeah. you know they put their hands up. You know, oh what do I do next? I've had an idea, I'm done. But it's, if you go into it again thinking oh the idea is in this direction direction i'm going that way i'm going to make it actually it's all about making it work then you've got more chance it's it's yeah it's as i said it's not for the faint-hearted and not everyone out to do that because it can make people feel you know very uncertain you know it's it's a high level of pressure i think to take that on as an as an entrepreneur but if you do the the rewards are,
0: are, are good Right. Um, I saw a quote the other day. It said, the only difference between somebody who's successful in their business and somebody who isn't is their ability to withstand pressure.
1: Yeah. Um, and I remember reading a book called, I know on, on your notes before you said like what well, books or things helped and stuff, but I remember reading man searches for meaning. Okay. Um, by Dr. Victor Frankel. But I think the clever part of that is the reframing of something when you're in a really bad situation to find the purpose of where you are to make, to take it out of that situation is key. I think you need that in 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 your business too, because you need to just have a very good, okay, it's going to work. We're going in that direction and we just, things will be flying at you and you've got to really know what to address and what not to just to keep going. Absolutely. And so I'll ask this question. I know one of our
0: listeners is actually at a seed fundraising for his company that he launched last year. Really cool company. It's a, a basketball company. They have private clubs. It's a membership based. can do training, ice baths. It's combining basketball into a social club. Really cool concept. They're based in LA looking to expand and he's raising a couple million now and I think he'd love to hear from you how what's the best way to go about raising money is
1: there a secret to it just any insights you can give on that okay so um I guess the key thing is most investors want to know does this make sense and how are you thinking about being able to test this has worked first to prove it the high, hardest thing is a seed actually because it's like how do you because it's like there's no background so I, I mean if you can test and get like a test close, but these many people are going to be in. I've got these many pre-memberships sold. I've got this much demand already. So being able to prove and validate some of his theories up front, like takes away the risk where someone would say, well, I'm not sure if it's going to work or not. You can say, well, I can I can show you why it's going to work. So I think that's like the best thing to be able to do. So like To validate why it's good um, from the customers you're going to, um, get some commitments from that up front. And if you do that, it proves that actually this is definitely a demand. So that's like the most important thing, I think. Absolutely. And so obviously sales carries across
0: business. Does being a good salesman help you raise money or are they two separate things completely?
1: I think you need to be a good salesman to be a CEO. At the beginning, the CEO has to do everything. Mm. There's no accountant. There's no CFO. There's no CRO. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't have any customers, you're in trouble, right? So I think you need to be able to do it. You can't. start something and say oh I don't do the sales and I think you can't do it and say well I don't know anything about tech so I've just left it to someone else I think but that's not that wise either so I think really um sales is really um important and I think sales is important because it's a discipline and a cadence and I guess if you can be good at sales it means you've got a good sales cadence which means you've probably got a good product cadence I guess um some people are really good at sales actually really good at product too and vice versa because they believe in what they what they've talked about and it becomes like if it's believable then people will buy it i guess so i think right. that it's the same thing so i generally think that the people who are good at sales are probably good at other things i i don't when someone says i'm just not good at it it's just that they just don't like to do it by saying i'm shy it's like not going to help you right. your- who cares also who cares right looking at hell
0: right going to help. You can. There's, there's a million excuses to make. I mean, it's. uh I've heard some funny ones. It's too cold. It's too hot. You know, the
1: office is too far. It's raining outside. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? So, and I, and I think, but it's quite exciting because, like, um I, I'm colorblind, and I started in the fashion business. That was. What fun. color am I wearing today? Can you, can you <laughs> see that? Can
0: you see the, Michael's wearing a red shirt. I don't I know, know. Is this I red or blue? Or is this? David, hey, I I think you're wearing blue, right? i mean i want to know you tell <laughs> <Yes>, me <ma. laughs> <laughs> so that uh, we'll do a black and white uh, clip for this uh
1: yeah. when we produce it so <laughs> yeah, I black and white. but i guess it doesn't i think you have to just be you can't go into i think in a business point of view also investors won't like that imagine you came up with "Hey, i am a CEO i'm a great product but i don't know how to sell it's not my thing right. uh you know that doesn't 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 bode well doesn't make you want to Invest in someone, in someone. If someone said to you, like, here's my business, but I don't do that part, Right. it instantly shows a huge weakness, which you, you're better off saying, look, I'm not a natural seller, but I'm going to become the best one. It's it's a much better, you know, I, I'm. it doesn't help the, it, raise money. I go back to, your, to your, 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 your mate. I think that you have to assume that you have to take on all of the things that you may be not strong at and become strong at. Right. As an entrepreneur, the biggest thing is desire. Like, do you really want it? Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to make money, right? Does everybody want to do the work to get there? Maybe not. Yeah, that's true. It's like not, it's not glamorous doing entrepreneurial stuff. It's really um, painful and mind bending. And uh, if you like that, then it's great. Right. I think that's,
0: you're a car guy, so you know, right? I think that, you know, people see the tech CEO driving a Ferrari and thinking that that was week two or week three of the business. They don't know the 15 or 20 years that went into getting there. So I think... uh, like you said, if you're able to differentiate and understand the process prior, a lot of people might say, this just isn't for me, right? I, I want the Ferrari. I want the nice house. I, I want the private jet, but I don't want to work 15, 20 years and learn in and set out to the business.
1: Do you know the problem with the Ferrari, which is really interesting?
0: Totally. You know, I like which, if you want to share
1: with them which Ferrari do you have? I know you're-, oh, you're... it's a new one. It's a new <laughs> one. It's a new one. one. But you know the problem with, I used yeah. it like I got a new one and I took it for a drive. And I like hit over a curve and I like scratched the wheels. Do you ever have like the alloys? Like, Sure. Now I don't want the Ferrari anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's damn good,
0: right? <laughs> Brutal. It's probably too painful, right? I mean, it, now you're, you're like hyper-focused, trying not to hit any curves. You're, you're not even <laughs> driving, essentially. <You're laughs> sitting at the house in the garage. This <laughs> is a problem. This is a problem. I don't know how we get over that. I don't know what Kabbalah says about that. I, I'm sure there's something.
1: I don't know. Michael, you have any insights on that? Is there maybe one tool or one teaching that helped you to become successful i think it goes back to the first point like it's not about it's not an it's not an or it's an and a lot mm-hmm. of things it, it or i could be business or spiritual right you know, like good or bad you know i could be fit or not fit actually you know i can be i could be the truth is it's not They. it's not an i don't think they need to be put against like that i think the key thing is um and david's like in the gym right Good yeah, you, you can be eating healthy and work out, but you could do or the other way too, right? And maybe see results and but maybe not to the same extent. There you go. And I think the key thing is, it's like, okay, the spirituality sounds lofty, but it's really practical. Kabbalah is really practical in the Kabbalah one, two and three, which is how do I become more resilient? How do I understand the bigger purpose of what I'm doing? How do I understand the difference between the light and the darkness of my life? Why, why am I here? What what's my what's my purpose? These things are directional, which and being in business are really good to have. Okay, you can still be alright at business, I guess. Interestingly, when you go to Gabon and they talk about the 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 Kabbalists of the past, they weren't sitting back. Nope. right? No, they worked really hard, really hard through real challenges, like brutal challenges at some at some points. Right? No one in their right mind could say being more of a victim i'm going to be a do better nope. no one's, and and if everyone's and everyone would agree that the more proactive positive uplifted you are it's going to get a better result it has to be right it's like right it, it, just even in a conversation now you you can make a conversation go very well or go sideways very easily with the way you want to. in it. one moment if you check if Kabbalah just is a minimum, helped you check yourself to be much better at that, man, it's, it's golden. Clearly, you work out. I know we can only see the upper part of your pelvis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good anymore. I'm getting old., no, you, you look you look good, you look good, but <laughs> I, <laughs> And so I, I think the reason why I mentioned that, I think right you obviously you study Kabbalah and you're, you know you work. what what, what are you doing? Uh beyond that, that you've seen enhance your life and an overall
1: better experience of it, so I love playing backgammon online um, sure. I love it it's a real challenge. I like uh always doing things, so sport, I love working out, I love playing sport i, I golf, paddle, football, I just nonstop so sure. i guess from from uh you know from a sport point of view, that's just something you know I love to do um I find it hard to read, I find it hard to meditate, I find it hard to do stuff like that. Or I have to sit still, but anything active um, and challenging,
0: I love. And you're and you're recently engaged, soon to be married. Congratulations. Um (laughs) turn off the cameras. Turn off the cameras. (laughs) Don't get put on. Okay. We 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 spoke about this before the podcast, but um clearly you've had a journey like anybody else. If there's something to our younger audience, but really anybody, I know it's a desire for many. Um, what are some, what are some things you can share on that as far as, you know, attracting a mate who is in line with you and enhances both your experience of life, but also connection between you and them? Uh, I think anything, any insight or,
1: you know, experience would be, would be helpful. Okay. So just, uh, talk from my own experience and it's not about someone else. I mean, it's just me. Big mistake is thinking that something or someone else, um, is going to, logically help you with something where it's going to be it's going to be right because you know, this is more comfortable or this is all of these things which are kind of but can come and can can go um thinking that's a good reason to get into something mm-hmm. impressive the parents are so nice and this is so good and they're so gen- all of these things which are outside are really nice and good indicators, but someone's a well brought up nice person, but not necessarily a good indicator of why you should end up with them. And I think the best indicator is that if they had none of those things, would you still want to be with them? Which is a really
0: hard question to answer, right? I mean, if you're infatuated with who they are and they're beautiful, and like you said, they have a great
1: family, oftentimes we... they were successful or they love their job or, you know, all that right. stuff
0: we often neglect the rest of the package because the, the, the forefront of it looks so good. And maybe that's why, you know, most people don't end up together, even though seemingly they're very much in love when it when it starts. Um, so I think going off of that, what are some indications? Because clearly you can know everything about somebody before you spend your life with them. But how can you get the best picture of who they will be or who they are prior to, to doing that? Due diligence. Um... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You study there. You make some phone calls, right? <laughs>
1: All right. So I, I know that, if I was talking to a Kabbalah teacher right now or someone, they would say, but, you know, are you on the same spiritual path? Yeah, really helpful. I guess a lot of people, if they think completely different about things, can cause conflict. So um, could you bring up kids with that person and feel, be happy? Do you do you have a, a things in common? Do you feel really comfortable with that person? And I think I was, when I was uh, younger, I always said mind, body, and soul. They all have to be ticked. Otherwise, there's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. I still stick with that. Absolutely. We look, we look forward to, to
0: celebrating with you in, uh, in the UK. Um, Jamie, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here. Um, you know, I think that it, it'll be really helpful, not just for our, our younger listeners, but really how to live a well-rounded life for many viewers here. Um, and it was a good time. So I had a pleasure, pleasure talking with you. Uh, if there's just one thing you can leave our, our users with, it can be a, an insight, something to take away. Really, anything that you would like to have heard as a as a young adult, early teen, uh, that could have tremendously impacted your life that you know today.
1: I think it's really building desire. So, like getting yourself together and actually saying, "Get, get a desire." I like. I, I don't know if everyone's seen that Michael Jordan um, Netflix documentary. No. Last dance. Last dance. That's the one. He even like gets someone. He even like makes up in his head about someone so he can get really fired up. Mm-hmm. So there isn't desire. <laughs> How do you fire yourself up enough to really, um, in a positive way, um, real, if you, cause you, not everyone has that desire. So you need to help you help yourself sometimes because you could be knocked off in circumstances or all kinds of things. Right. So, um, I think that's the most important thing because it's hard to really have the engine to complete something. If you haven't got the, the, the fuel the... in it or the electricity with the, with the EVs in
0: today's day and age. <laughs> Jamie, always a pleasure, brother. Great speaking with you and uh we look forward to having you back on soon. Thanks for your Thanks. time. Michael. Jamie. Awesome, brother. All right, all right. Another episode in the books. It was an absolute pleasure having our recent guest, Jamie Truan. As I'm sure you've noticed, Jamie has a wealth of wisdom, both from a monetary perspective, from a professional perspective, from a spiritual perspective. Very well-rounded individual who really I've learned a lot from personally. Um, as you'll hear on the episode, he and I actually have had many discussions about different businesses that I wanted to start. And he's been a key mentor for me in my life. And that's largely why I wanted to have him on. I think for anybody, but really those of us who are in our twenties and late teens, you can gain just a tremendous amount of wisdom from him, whether it be starting your own business, working and succeeding in your own company as an employee. Uh, he really has a vast array of knowledge to provide. And so our next guest, who's actually a Miami based individual for you, Floridians, I know are. Our co-host, Michael, is is from Florida, so he'll appreciate that. Um, he grew up self-made. Uh, he is an immigrant as well, and he actually started a real estate company in his mid to late 20s, quickly became a success multi-million dollar corporation really early on, and now he is looking to raise some more seed funding for a merger and acquisition branch of his corporation. I'll let him share more about that when we have him on. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe, and I know we didn't have time for Q&As this past episode, but... For our next episode, please, as always, feel free to send any questions, suggestions, comments, feedback to either myself at davidbergmba.gmail.com or cabal.com. Thank you, guys.